Kia ora, GM Droids, my name's The Captain and this is Moonbrain, your regular dose of droid Dow goodness. I uh, hope you've all had a good week. Uh, mine's been just fine, uh, thank you for asking. Market-wise, it feels like we're sitting in something of a stalemate at the moment between the bulls and the bears in, in terms of soul itself. Uh, the the bears have had a pretty good nudge the last, uh, last little bit, but um, what's going to happen next, I have got no clue, um, but... There are some nerdy charts with lines that are being discussed in the crypto trading channel. So if you're that way inclined, I'd suggest checking that out. And um, as for the NFT market, it's, well, it's feeling pretty soft out there. There's uh, definitely a lot more sellers than buyers. Um, so if you've got soul stacked up, there's probably a few good quality projects that are looking um, pretty appealing price-wise right now. Although, uh, that said, I'm sure most of you are probably hoarding liquidity uh, for the as-yet-unnamed Roids fund uh, or, or DroidFi itself. So, as promised, over the next few episodes, I'm going to have a chat with some of the DAO's current and possible future investments. Look, these are designed to be very casual, short, easily digestible catch-ups. If you want more in-depth big brain discourse, then uh, there's a library of AMAs for most of these projects where IamDroid goes deep, deep, deep. Uh, Basically, IamDroid is David Frost. I am Alan DeGeneres. You can't see it, but I'm dancing right now. And I just threw hot coffee over an intern. I'm joking. It was tea. Anyway, I'm super excited about today's show. We've got Alex from Cypher. Uh, he and his team have spent the last two years building a shit-hot new decks and are currently in talks with the Dow about a possible investment. So, you know, you guys too may soon be future owners in this business. Pretty good, right? These guys spend years sweating it out and then we uh, we jump in when it's just about done. I'm not sure if any of you guys have ever painted a house, but 90% of the work is in the prep. You know, the sanding, the filling, the cutting in. So we're... I, don't know, I guess we're basically the dude who comes along after all of that's been done and then um, has a few beers while he slaps on the paint for the glory strokes and then talks about how hard painting a house is. And with that, perhaps the most flimsy analogy of all time, I'd like to welcome Alex onto the show. Alex, how's it going, mate? Hey, you're going well. Thank you. All right. Um, so maybe the best place to start is maybe just giving us the sort of the, the elevator pitch for Cypher and, and, and what problem it's trying to solve. Yeah, that sounds like a great place to start. Um, so I'm the co-founder of... Cypher protocol. And what Cypher is, is a decentralized exchange. So uh, DEX, uh, you've heard of that terminology. And what we have decided to do um, is build a centralized exchange experience in a fully decentralized manner. Um, So the big problem that we're trying to solve is uh, in the decentralized space, um, unlike the centralized space, if you want to trade a certain products say you want to buy btc like spot you want to buy um ethereum solana whatever it may be you go to one exchange you load up a margin account and you buy that uh that asset or that particular product then if you'd like to trade perpetual futures you go to another decentralized exchange that specializes in um in perpetual futures uh, and so on and so on. Then if you want a structured product, you would, uh, or like an automated trading strategy, you would go to an entirely different um, decentralized exchange and trade that way. Now that might work well for you and me as our, as, as, you know, retail traders and um, uh, uh, normies, if you will. Uh, but that does not work for um, the folks that control the global financial system. You're big hedge funds, your big banks, big uh, prop shops, trading firms, they are deploying massive amounts of capital 
and they need it to be efficient. So they're not going to um, juggle 10 different platforms, 10 different margin accounts, um, none of which are cross margins, none of which you can see what they're doing uh, in one place. Uh, so the overall problem is that decentralized finance um, is horribly fragmented and the user experience is just flat out unacceptable um, to attract, maintain, and uh, service the likes of the folks that control the global financial economy. And that's where we come in. Okay, so um, I'm, no, I'm probably these are going to be dumb questions. So um, no way, when ask I'm, away. When I'm spot, when I'm spot trading stuff on say like things like Radium and Jupiter, um, are they what are they? Are they a, are they a Dex or are they a, a centralized exchange? So they would be. Uh, those are decentralized applications. Um, so uh, for instance, like Jupiter uses a, a AMM. And that's what you're finding also on like your Ethereum based chain. So um, there is not to get too into the weeds. There's a price Oracle that um, is gathering um, a, uh, uh, the price of say Ethereum or Bitcoin or Solana um, from a whole bunch of different um, exchanges and then doing some math to say at this moment in time, this is the price of um, that particular uh, spot market. And what happens there based on available liquidity, and as liquidity is fragmented across all of these um, different exchanges that you're interacting with, you've probably noticed on Jupiter, um, I love using Jupiter, by the way, that is like my go-to go -to place for uh, swapping NFT tokens and things like that. Um, you'll notice on a, on a less liquid market, um, it'll say price impact percent. And sometimes that price impact mm -hmm. percent can be quite high. So say I want to buy, you know, a uh, thousand, a thousand US dollars worth of uh, an illiquid sort of token, you'll see that my price impact might be $800. So I'm almost paying you know, 100% or 80% um, the price of the market uh, in addition just for the, just for the cost of the trade now it, how it routes. Um, that's, that's to do with where liquidity is and where liquidity is not and uh, supplies of, of, of that. So how do you solve the AMM problem? Um, you use an order book. Um, and an order book is you have one side of the market, you yourself um, uh, or me um, or a large institution will actually put an order. They might say, I'm going to sell X amount of tokens at this price. And then the other side of the order book says, hey, I want to buy this many tokens at this price. And you hope to build enough activity to where those orders are just filling each other. It's a it's a much more efficient, cost-effective way um, of trading. That's what the hedge funds and institutional uh, uh, trade shops are used to interacting with in the in the traditional finance world and that's what we're I mean, bringing they're buying securities they're buying securities or something like that that's normally just how that market operates is that there's a bid and there's an ask um and yep. then when they meet there's a there's a sale right that's exactly right so we are built on order book infrastructure um so which which was uh, a strategic decision uh for us um as we want to onboard 
you know, the next uh, trillion dollars from from TradFi in into um, the Web three space. And so I listen. I listened to your AMA with um, Droid, and you talked about that this um, this liquidity has come from like a whole lot of um, you got a whole lot of different guys there who have wanting to buy and wanting to sell, right? And so mm-hmm. just to keep it really simple, like we're, we're talking about spot trades. So there's there's maybe mm-hmm. there's someone who's got a thousand Bitcoin they want to sell. So they'll come. You'll you'll talk to them, and they will be they'll be the liquidity for buyers looking to buy Bitcoin. Yep, that's right. And then how the order book basically works is uh, with with numbers, not on a telephone, with numbers, they're negotiating back and forth. Um, an order will only bill if both both sides of the book agree uh, on the on the sell and buy price. So that's why you'll see the, the order back book activity move up and down through uh, through a given market. And when orders are matched, that's when you know, you, your, your order is, is closed. And these guys, is it better for them? What, what's the advantage over them just doing an OTC trade? Um, say, like this, say this, this hypothetical guy with a thousand Bitcoin, what's the advantage for providing liquidity versus doing an OTC trade? Are they hoping to get an overall better price over time? Definitely. Um, you can definitely get a better price over time. If you're talking about like traditional OTC, um, that is pure. Most of those, um, I used to, I wish Barrett was on here. I, he, he knows this. Um, we had just saw, seen this number the other day and it was, it was uh, way bigger than what I thought. It was like in the 90%. Um, but these OTC deals are done off contract. Um, just purely trust-based. Like you're trying to offload $50 million worth of Bitcoin and you're you're basically doing it via a handshake and hoping that person will send you the Bitcoin and they're hoping that you will send them, uh, you know, a, a wire transfer for that. Um, so there is this, this uh, enormous amount of trust happening in the OTC world um, that is is uh, just open for uh, <laughs> a, a lot of bad activity. So um, that is uh, okay. something that, that we're looking at um, building in. Um, our infrastructure supports it already. All we would have to do is build in a UI. We're actually in talks with some partners to do this, to basically have a P2P swap for um, large check size um, uh, OTC agreements. And that way, if you're buying $50 million of Bitcoin from me personally, or I'm doing that with you, um, we don't have to have a handshake across the ocean and and hope that over the weekend, uh, our, our bank sends a wire through and it comes at the same time. And if it doesn't, and I can't get a hold of you on the phone, then I don't have a, a heart attack. So what you can do <laughs> is put that on chain and just, just have a very simple transaction uh, between two parties um and and settle that uh on chain with when i'm in a trustless act uh transaction as, as they call it got it and so and like all of these things cyphers in the middle there taking taking a little cut with with every one of these transactions and that's how you guys make money right yes exactly so um the only way we uh make money is off very very small transaction fees. So we win um, by volume. Um, and that's really all there is to it. It's pretty, it's pretty uh, simple. It is 
uh, way cheaper than um, uh, centralized options uh, today. I mean, using Kraken, for instance, like in, in the, in the, in the uh, I'll use Kraken sometimes to, to onboard fiat into the, into the decentralized world. And I might, I might be changing a thousand dollars, you know, in, in the sole spot and that the wire transfer from my bank to Kraken, that'll cost me $30 or so, $40. And then Kraken out to say Phantom Wallet, um, that might be another $25, $30. So on, on every thousand dollars, you know, I'm, I could be paying 50, 60 bucks um, to where if you start trading on efficient systems um, and if you're looking at like the transaction uh, transaction uh, bips that we're charging, it would just be like fractions of pennies for the same trade. Okay. Interesting. And of course, that um, becomes more okay. and more exciting to these large trading shops that are deploying, you know, their clip sizes, uh, which means like their 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 average trade size um, might be two and a half million dollars to ten million dollars, um, and they're making a thousand of those a month. I couldn't imagine stomaching. Um, the the slippage on an AMM with that sort of trading, which is what you're seeing on the EVM chains, and then also uh -huh. I couldn't I couldn't imagine uh, those uh, those transaction costs uh, in a in the uh, traditional finance world. It becomes extremely expensive to trade uh, high volume. And, and so you guys, in that sense, you're going after the institutional guys, but as well as the retail guys as well, right? Yeah. I mean, you need both sides of the market. And the more liquidity you can bring to your um, exchange, the more everyone benefits. Um, so that's exactly what we're doing. And to attract retail, yes, um, folks in our alpha mainnet, they're already trading all sorts of, uh, uh, of these like spot products, uh, perpetual futures, dated futures, um, which is mimics more of like the commodities market that uh, you're familiar with uh, in traditional finance. That's an innovation of ours that doesn't exist on chain until we did it. Um, so those dated contracts, like we have people trading all of those um, right now. But what is really interesting uh, to me is opening up some of these really complicated um automated trading strategies like you've heard of these quant firms that are uh have these bots that are trading against each other and they're doing you know like mev trading on edm chains um this is something that you and i have absolutely no idea how to code ourselves um hey, look, spe spe speak for yourself alex i'm a uh, quarter hey. master <laughs> that's great to hear uh, so what we've what we're doing for the retail folks is spinning up these um these different vaults and uh, on top of Cypher with a separate UI. So you can go and you can deposit um, USDC or SOL and um, start uh, receiving APY uh, based on automated quantitative strategies. So you don't know, you don't have to know how to program um, the mathematics and the bots and connect with APIs in the back end of our system. Um, you'll just be interacting with the front end that gives you exposure to that. So that that's one of the big ways that we'll be attracting uh, retail users. Yeah, cool. And for the for the droids listening, this um, I know uh, Suninvest, uh, which is sort of powering the Droid Five 
product yes. um, is exactly that. And so um, could, could run in that manner. Yeah, they're doing a great job. Um, we've just, uh, I can't, can't say too much, but we've had some great conversations with them uh, over the past seven days, um, uh, specific to Sun Invest. And uh, they kind of live by the same ethos as us. They're really, really smart. They know, they know what they're doing. And they want to democratize access to these really complicated trading strategies that usually eat people like us alive. And now we mm-hmm. have access to them. So game is on. Thank you, Sun Invest. And uh, uh, we are joining you and empowering you to grow bigger and bigger. And can't wait to, uh, to see where we can take these partnerships in the future. Yeah, that you know that's one of the cool things, and it's the same. It's the same philosophy with with Droid. You know, like the the access to these early stage VC investments, which um, you know for your average punter are, are just inaccessible. So, being able to to democratize it, like you say, and, and get in at the early stage and and be able to be able to invest early and take on the bots and all this sort of stuff, it's um it's exciting stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, okay, here's a, here's an interesting question. So you know, there's a, a cliche about um, hairdressers having bad haircuts and mechanics having pretty pretty shitty cars. Um, are you a good trader? Um, I am the only one on the team that uh, trades NFTs. Everyone else, uh, so I am definitely the worst trader uh, at Cipher, um, but I'm a <laughs> I'm a I'm a product guy, design guy, and operations guy. Um, everyone else on the team has, uh, incredibly heavy backgrounds in mathematics, engineering. Um, we, uh, our head of research, uh, on this side builds, uh, he's, he's North American contest winning rockets. And he's been doing that since he was 16. Like these guys are really, really smart math, mathematicians and, uh, finance folks. I don't, I can't, they just eat me alive. Uh, to, to, to be honest, but in the grand scheme of retail traders, um, I, I would say that I'm, I'm uh, pretty good. Uh, but I, I don't hold a candle to anyone on, uh, on my team. They're, uh, they're just <laughs> well, that's good to hear. Um, so, um, and obviously one of the, one of the big pushes for, um, for a decentralized exchange, you know, I think we all kind of learn a lesson with, um, with FTX. So I was I um I used to run a bar, and um, one day we had this competitive bar across the road, and one day they caught fire and burnt to the ground, um, and I was I was sad for them, but at the same time we got a lot more business. Uh, would you say sure. that um you had a similar experience when with with FTX? Um, definitely similar experience with FTX. So one thing is they were, uh, that's an enormous can of worms, but let's get, well, we can not go down that, that rabbit hole, but we will just say like, they were not decentralized. Uh, they, they were a centralized solution um, um, and we can keep it there. So when they uh, imploded because they, they deliberately stole their customers' funds and were reinvesting that through their hedge fund Alameda and beyond. Um, what that did was one th- one thing that really uh, has hurt the space is most crypto investors are new, like uh, uh, crypto VCs are new to investing and new to the space. Um, they have done really well in a short period of time. 
um, they have gotten caught up in the same mess and many of them um, were liquidated uh, with, within that uh, disaster. Um, so as far as like investment, um, investment availability in the crypto space, I think a lot of folks are feeling it uh, right now. It's not easy um, to raise money. That said, um, the past five months now, uh, we have just had a pure focus on on biz dev and and speaking with the folks that that actually move the markets, and they have never been more bullish on um, decentralized solutions. Uh, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Uh, FTX uh, for for big firms to say, you know what, self custody is the way to go. Now we just need a dex that is fully featured and comprehensive enough to support our organizational hierarchy and the way we trade. Uh, and when we find that, we are going to deploy at size. Um, so we have been reaping the benefits of that and been able to sign um, some of the largest liquidity providers in the world um, that way. So yeah, two things. I think um, FTX what has proven that decentralized systems are in fact the way to go. Um, I think that they, uh, in the short term, um, destroyed a lot of really promising protocols, um, and they also destroyed uh, quite a few um, uh, investment funds. Um, in the long term, I think that Solana has become more decentralized, um, the cap tables freed up, and um, through this pain, we have a lot of real focused protocols that have stuck through it and figured out a way to do that and are going to ultimately lift this industry up into the future. And uh, we're a big part of that and really excited to be here grinding and making it happen. Yeah, that that, that is super exciting. And um, for the record, the the bar that burnt down, the um, the guy there wasn't quite as bad as um, SBF. He um, he just got drunk and um, left some candles and in in bought some curtains, which was, uh, I mean, in the scheme of things, um, that was what he did. Um, so the, okay, this, this might be a weird question, and this will probably expose my complete lack of understanding of how the blockchain works. But um, people talk about like a multi-chain future, right? Like for mm -hmm. when this, when we get mass adoption, there's a theory that we're not going to have all these different tokens they're trading. We're going to have just, I don't know how it's going to work, but, but all of this stuff is going to happen behind the scenes. So how does, how does something like Cypher work in that sort of environment? And this is my, um, I don't know whether it's a dystopian sci-fi or what it is, but um, sort of a futuristic take on, on what's happening. I th that's a great question, actually. And I think there's two, two parts of it. Um, one, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like, and I don't think any of us do. Um, but what we can do right now, um, that there's there's this there's this big narrative or culture of if we build it, they will come, and I think that's a grotesque failure in Web three, and it's a moniker of complete inexperience in business. Um, I think that we have to. Uh, develop business plans for markets in need and listen to that market to, to influence what we're building. So we're solving real problems and leveraging the, um, the best technology available to 
achieve that goal. It's not what chain is better than the other because my bags are pumping today. Um, and I think that's been the big problem. So us at Cypher, like we are not particularly an individual chain maximalists at all. Um, we have a, a very specific business goal that we want to achieve and um, clientele that we want to service. And we are leveraging best technology to do that. Right now, Solana provides that infrastructure. Um, that said, um, Nitro, it's like the first um, L2 on, on Solana. We have mm -hmm. uh, signed a partnership with them. So that will expand our reach and market and really help Nitro uh, when they launch, launch with the most comprehensive um, decentralized exchange there is. Um, so that will help uh, bridge, of course, with Cosmos. And um, we've also signed a deal with um, Say out of Singapore. Um, Say wants to be a fully focused DeFi L1. So, of course, we're going to entertain that because what we do is DeFi. Um, so I think that you just have to have um, a kick-ass engineering team um, to be able to support the different chains. And you also have to be able to leverage partnerships out there like um, Jump, uh, Jump Capital is on our cap table and they're a great partner. They're the, uh, they purchase Wormhole. Uh, wormhole and wormhole as mm -hmm. you know um uh bridges every chain imaginable so we do have great resources there so wormhole is available for people uh to use to port code over and make that um life easier um so i, I still think uh yes there's going to be a big uh, i don't know what we want to call it, but multi-chain future absolutely don't think one chain will win all i think that we'll have different systems that serve um, certain business models better. And I think that we need to start thinking business model first uh, instead of technology. Like the blockchain is not the product. The blockchain is just simply a technological choice that you make to enable your business goals for the market you're trying to serve. Yeah, that's, a, that's such a good way of putting it. Um, the, the token. So you guys are going to have a token. Is that how mm -hmm. um, you're going to sort of extract value out of, out of that? Yes. So we will have a token and um, our token basically has four mechanisms for value accrual. We have uh, like a liquidity backstop guarantee fund, um, DAO contributions, of course. We're doing something really interesting with MEB protection. Um, and our, our token is, is, is looped into that. And also kind of your classic fee tier, uh, reduction by, by holding the token itself. So there's four, um, four methods of value accrual to the token. And also what we've built, um, is critical infrastructure. So we currently have six, maybe seven, uh, protocols being built on top of um, on top of the Cypher infrastructure. Like you won't even know you're interacting with Cypher because it will be their own UI. Um, and of course, anything that happens within our ecosystem or an, another ecosystem that we empower with our infrastructure, um, we still take that tiny, tiny, tiny transaction um, fee and all of that value is being consolidated back in, into the token. So um, we have a really good way 
of consolidating value into the token and making it a sustainable, um, uh, yeah, sustainable token for the future. We don't want to repeat what happened last year in the in the DeFi summer. Massive valuations, huge IDO prices, quick pumps, and I mean most of them are unrecoverable at this point. Um, they're they're down bad. So uh, one little piece of alpha for you uh, and all of your listeners how we will IDO um, will be really interesting and first of its kind. So uh, back when I was talking about, we have these dated futures contracts that have, they're very common in, in TradFi uh, in the mm-hmm. commodities world, and they don't exist on chain yet until now. Um, we believe in bringing price discovery forward, not artificially inflating prices and things like that. It doesn't lead to sustainable outcomes. So what we're gonna do is we are going to launch our token in the first ever pre-IDO market. And we will let bring all that price discovery forward, let let the people price it. So uh, they'll be able to speculate and and trade um, you know, futures on the token value. And then basically when that contract or that duration expires, the IDO price will be what that um, what the future price um, settled on. They're, they're so cool. That's such a that's such a cool way of doing it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some people are scared by that uh, because they don't feel in control. And they they can't launch with their big five dollar IDO price, but uh, that's all artificial anyway. It's bullshit. So let the people price it. Let the speculation happen beforehand. Then launch on market, and I think we'll have a really cool mechanism for others to have a more realistic IDO price and stable IDO price. Um, and that's what we're all about. We're here for the long term and want this thing to be uh, a stable, accrue value appropriately, and just have a nice, slow, steady climb to the top. So if this all goes to plan, um, how how rich are you going to be? <laughs> I don't, we don't think about it that way. I will say our revenue, uh, or not revenue, our for the first 12 months, we would like, uh, I think that we're conservatively on track to have about 4.8 billion in uh, trade volume. Um, and that's really what we're focused on. Um, trade volume uh, will in, in ensure um, value is held in the token and uh, it, can, it can sustain itself. And if we have a really powerful first year, um, it will make more and more uh, folks comfortable to be onboarded and deploy capital. And yeah, I mean, our, our goal is to replace centralized exchanges, period. Um, so hope that we get there. And, uh, and yeah, you never know. Three years, hopefully we're doing 10 billion a day in, in, uh, in trading volume and, and the most comprehensive liquid decks in the world. At 10 billion, would you have a jet? I don't know. I think yeah. I'd have a nice um, sailboat and I'd be cruising around New Zealand. Yeah, so you you you're kind of you're you're so modest and you you're so got your head screwed on right. I'm, I think if I had if I got that much money, I would just do something so stupid. <laughs> Not us. I'm a I'm a uh, a life a lifelong uh, rock climber, alpine climber, uh, which is like the combination of high altitude ice rock climbing, and I've lived in the back of my car i've i uh, i don't require much as long as i've got a, a pair of flip-flops and in the mountains that's that's where i want to be so 
that's, <laughs> if I got a billion dollars today, uh, you would find me shirtless in the mountains in an old pair of pants tomorrow. Oh, you're painting a beautiful picture. Um, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I guess we're coming, coming to the end. We've got this segment where we get, I guess, to um, shell a project, uh, an NFT project on Solana under 10 soul. This is the first, this is the first, first time I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to shill it uh, in a public capacity. Um, there is a group called, um, the company's called Moduluk, and that's M-O-D-U-L-U-C, and um, the NFT itself is called Area. And it is on the outside, what it seems to be is a uh, metaverse project, but it's much more than that. If you are like uh, no-code software geeks like I am, and I'm a product guy by trade, um, it's they're basically building the Adobe suite for um, AK native uh, metaverse. So they're taking what usually takes a giant team of animators and architects and things like that to, uh, to, to create these beautiful worlds and spaces. Um, you'll be able to have a software stack that, of uh, drag and drop tools, um, that, that you can build these unbelievably imaginative spaces. And then with that, they're going to build a, a, a marketplace and hopefully become, um, the, uh, marketplace for all 3d, um, uh, metaverse assets for the future and i'm a i'm a again i'm a huge architect and design nerd um and love democratizing access to this sort of uh uh power really in uh in a design power you don't have to go to architecture school to build some um incredible incredible uh world that you want to spend time in and invite your friends in and host events in um things like that for for the metaverse so I would say I would say Moduluk, um, been a big fan for over a year, and they have just been slow and steady and increasing. Um, and that that is my number one um, low low cap uh, token bag as well. Oh shoot! So um, okay, so I, I've never heard of them. They, they've they've minted out. They a... just yeah, oh yeah, yeah. They've been flying under the radar for like a year. Um, but they're, uh... I mean, they're they're basic again. They're building uh, metaverse tooling akin to the entire Adobe uh, Adobe software suite plus a marketplace that you can you'd be able to buy and sell um, all of these assets that you would that are native to building um, incredible uh, metaverse uh, type areas interesting and I guess they have kind of been the victim of the the metaverse sort of sell-off when everyone sort of moved away from that and over the you know a few months ago so probably good buying yes. at the moment. I I would say I yeah I think I don't know I probably, I probably got over six million of their tokens or something. I, their their founder their founder is the uh, as far as like a product guy, which again that's my whole background. Uh, he's the best in the space for sure. All he does is just stay focused on the mission and the business plan and partnerships, and he is the least hypey person, which is you know it's probably not good for the average nft market but it's going to be one of those that in a year or two years from now everybody's going to say what where in the hell did this come from and why didn't i know about it so okay well you, you might want to secure your bag before we um before we go live with the podcast 
yeah, it's been, it's been secure for a long time. <laughs> um, what for the for the guys listening? Are there any um, yes. any traits or anything they look for in the NFTs when they're buying? Are they are they just buying off the floor, or are there certain ones to look for? Um, yeah, so uh, basically, right now, um, the 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 metaverse piece is called Aria, and um, available now. There's tier one through four. Um, so whatever you can get your hands on, um, I would do that. If you find a tier four for cheapish, go for it. Um, you can get tier one, two, and three. I think three um, for right at ten soul right now. Okay, this is this is good, Alf. <laughs> this is great, man. And thank you, thank you so much, Alex. And thank you, you know, for your time and um, and everything you're doing with uh, with Cipher. I know um, I know a lot of a lot of the droids are super excited about what you guys are doing and um, potential investment um, with you all. So um, uh, they're an awesome community. Just an awesome community. They're great. They're so smart. Um, I am the dumbest one yes. there, um, and I'm learning a lot. <laughs> Definitely smartest, smartest trading community um, uh, in, in any uh, Discord I've been in. They're great. Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's what Alpha you dropped is is perfect, and it certainly um, is a lot better than the cartoon animal JPEGs that I normally end up buying and losing money on. <laughs> oh, I've got plenty of those. <laughs> All right, there we go. That's Alex from Cypher. I'm super glad we got him on to chat and not one of the quants or rocket scientists. I was uh, I was barely keeping up as it was. What a great guy and um, what a great business. I've got a feeling they're going to do really, really well. And if they do, let's hope Alex treats himself to a new pair of shorts or, or flip-flops or whatever. And, um, well, I guess us droids can get the jet and the cocaine that he doesn't want. I'll be back next week talking to Big Bang from Studio 3. Uh, until then, be kind, enjoy your nuts. Arrivederci.